Hello, and welcome back to the Peerless Review, where we talk about the science behind the shit that you care about. My name is Kira. My name's Brina. And today we are talking about conspiracy theories, I suppose, specifically uh, ones about birds. Thank you to our listeners and our followers on Instagram for voting for this last week. Yes, special thank you to everyone that helped us break the tie vote. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love seeing the involvement. Um, we should definitely do that again in the future. So if you have any suggestions on what we could add to the vote, please let us know. Yeah, definitely let us know. Any and all suggestions you have. We have so <laughs> many, but we can always use more. So, And we want to... Yeah. We want to make stuff about whatever you guys want to hear about too. So, yeah, exactly. So, I guess I have a question for you related to conspiracy theories. But first, what are you drinking this week? I am drinking a whiskey milk punch with my own take on it. I'm calling this a PB and J whiskey milk punch because I it is peanut butter whiskey with lavender blueberry or oat milk. It's pretty, holy shit. I would recommend this. Will you hold it up? I want to see it. Ooh, okay. That looks pretty fucking good. So I'm very jealous. Yeah, I uh, wanted to do something a little different this week. And I Googled mm-hmm. whether or not you can put whiskey and milk together. And this is what I found. Mm-hmm. What are you You're drinking? a mix master. I am drinking, um, it's from the Black Abbey Brewing Company, the, the blonde, I guess it's the Rose, which is their blonde ale. Do you know where they're from? Oh, they're from oh they're from Nashville too. Aw. Nice. So there you go. I'm You're slowly so good serving. At supporting yeah. local. Yeah, accidentally, I guess. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll go to these places. There you go. Maybe <laughs> in like two months or something. Whatever. Yeah. I'm actually scheduled to get my vaccination tomorrow if all goes <gasps> well. So I'm so excited for you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank goodness there's no conspiracies related to the vaccine. That is not a joke. I'm very excited to receive my injection. I am honestly jealous. I am on every single waiting list. I'm convinced in the entire state of Colorado, but I'm dead last to get vaccinated, which I understand. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so able-bodied and young. Damn it. I know. Hot young ones. It's, it's rough for us. <laughs> it's really hard out here. I mean, uh, you're hot and young too, but you're a student, so... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that means a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, well, a follow-up question. So this week we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories and how they gain traction and all the, the science behind that. So what is your personal favorite pet conspiracy theory? So I have two. One of my favorites is that Avril Lavigne ta- died in 2011 and was replaced by her best friend and lookalike, whose name I don't remember. And there's like all these videos about how her voice changed post 2011. I quite honestly could be getting that year wrong. But yeah, the whole theory is that she died. And then the production company was like, well, you look similar enough, like you should take over for her. And then her voice changed. And then she went to go do Christian rock, which is a weird enough transition as is and that hello kitty song and also the nickelback guy it doesn't add up it's not adding up for me it's not adding up um and then my second favorite one is 9 11 which i did write a 20 page paper on uh, my freshman year of college about how it is actually it was actually done by bush intentionally because of everything going on in the middle east so that people would actually support the war 
maybe I'm not going to touch that one. Cause that's, that's a hot, <laughs> that's a hot button topic. Yeah, it is. And I, I know I just said, <laughs> I wrote a paper on it, but like, I'm not saying that that's like a hundred percent true by any means. I, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, interesting to read about and yeah. Well, that kind of gets into what we're going to be talking about this week, which is when you have such a crazy event with such a huge impact on the nation, it's called the proportionality fallacy, right? Like you think there's actually some huge big cause behind it, some big conspiracy when really like, maybe that's not a great example, 9-11, but like shitty things just happen sometimes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of that, especially in the last year. Uh, but before we get into all of that, what is your favorite conspiracy theory? <laughs> oh, um, Mine is definitely that the DIA, the Denver International Airport, is secretly, like, the living site of, like, the New World Order, and people say that because it's, like, got super weird um, architecture and, like, paintings, and now when you go there, they totally buy into it, and there's, like, ads everywhere saying, like, are we doing renovations, or are we, like, (laughs) is this the Illuminati? Yeah. Is this the Illuminati? (laughs) Supposedly there's like secret tunnels under DIA. Plus, I mean, with Blucifer there, that's always kind of sus. Mm -hmm. I think there definitely is some secret stuff, right? Because there's so much like defense stuff that goes on in Denver. Mm -hmm. I I just would have to imagine. I don't know. (laughs) It would make uh, sense. And you know, the plausibility, that's why, that's why that rumor stays around, so. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, let's just dive right into our first paper, which, as you had just mentioned, it's basically about why people believe conspiracy theories and, and how that happens. So the belief in conspiracy theories, as this paper wrote, and as always, we'll put all of our papers in the episode notes. But according to this paper, belief in conspiracy theories appears to be driven by motives that can be uh, characterized as either epistemic, which is an understanding of one's environment, existential, being safe in control of one's environment, and social, which is maintaining a positive image of the self and social group. And with the 2016 election and the pandemic last year, I think we can see all three of those really play out in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everyone has been feeling super upset and also just disturbed by all of the horrible things going on in like the world around us that it's comforting in a way to believe that there's some greater force at work that it's like completely out of your hands. It is. It's really scary to think that the majority of what happens in our lives is random. The majority of catastrophic events, hurricanes, tornadoes, mm-hmm. pandemics. Yeah, and it, obviously it's not completely random. A lot of it has to do with things like climate change or inaction by the government, but it's out of our control as, as just regular citizens. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I think it's also interesting America, well, the United States is such an interesting breeding ground for these types of conspiracies. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm biased because I've lived here my whole life, but there's got to be something about our culture that allows like these harmful theories to like foster, like gain traction, you know? So in my mind, one of the things that contributes to that, which is something I've learned about recently, 
uh, is the media, but specifically something that Reagan did in the 80s, which basically allowed all media outlets to be able to become news sources. And maybe at some point we can do a whole other episode on that because I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But basically under his administration, it gave the right of way for places like Fox News to put out things that are completely untrue with no regulation. Mm-hmm. And I think that feeds a lot of conspiracy theories because just as this paper mentioned, there's a lot of wanting to feel connected to a group or wanting a reason why you don't feel connected to the majority. And if you have a major news outlet that everyone has access to more or less for free, that spills that spills those lies that align with your personal beliefs and support the whatever feelings you have inside of you, it's really easy to go along with that and not and not question it. Something else this article mentioned that I also think really plays into why America is a great breeding ground for conspiracy theories is they mentioned that lack of education is one of the things that plays into a likelihood of falling for conspiracies. Mm -hmm. And like a lack of critical thinking about your environment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's hard, right? Because I think a lot of the people that we see supporting maybe like QAnon or um, you know, anti-vaxxers, like they come from maybe lower income areas. They don't have like the same abilities that I do to like think critically. Yeah. And like have not the, really, it's not the intelligence, but it's like the, yeah. Yeah. It's not intelligence. It's the educational opportunities that you've been given throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And statistically we have seen like Trump had a lot of uneducated voters. It wasn't his Mm -hmm majority there were a lot of smart people that voted for him anyways for some reason but (laughs) that was a big um, a big factor in his following is people that maybe only got middle school or high school education and never had opportunity for higher learning or within the education they got it was not truly unbiased which of course we see all the time in the united states like with texas where they don't teach evolution and so on and so forth yeah uh, I um in preparation for this episode, I um, was reading about this book called Mistrust, Why Losing Faith in Institutions Provides the Tools to Transform Them by Ethan Zuckerman. And he did this um, interview with Columbia News and was basically talking about like, I mean, the foundation of our country was basically like government bad and, you know, don't <laughs> trust the people in charge because they're just going to screw you over. And I think that's really like calcified and like taken root in our society and the article talked about like we have a we rank pretty high with trusting our fellow citizens even though we're all dicks to each other like on the highway (laughs) all the time (laughs) but like I mean I used to be completely idyllic and like more of a centrist liberal and thinking like well we can just legislate everything away but really (laughs) like there's a lot of fucked up shit going on. And I think it's a completely rational mind that recognizes that everything's fucked up, but then it's like, you kind of got to use your critical thinking skills to rule out like the craziness that people are just saying just to take advantage of you, you know? 
Definitely. And that article you sent was so interesting. I actually just ordered the book from the library. It should be here tomorrow. Oh. So I'm very excited to read it. Yeah, I think um, I think his perspective on it was um, really interesting. So um, and the article that we read this week as well. Yeah. I also wonder in general with both conspiracy th theories and general day-to-day -day knowledge. I think it's deeply ingrained in our society that you don't admit to making a mistake. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's really hard for people to admit when they're wrong because we punish it from day one in school, getting answers wrong, you're penalized. Mm -hmm. And I think that plays into once you have a belief, regardless if it's rooted in fact or if it's rooted in simply the beliefs of others around you, it's really hard to admit that you're changing your mind. I know you had just mentioned moving kind of away from being a, cent a central like Democrat. And I was very much the same way. And it took me a little bit to come around to moving further left because I didn't want to give up on all the things that I had believed about you know, I used to think Obama was really great and I used to think policies could solve everything and didn't realize the structural racism embedded in our society, things like that. And I mm -hmm. feel like both of us are pretty privileged in the way that we surround ourselves with a lot of open-minded people where if we change our opinions, people will be pretty receptive to that, but not everybody has that luxury. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's so frustrating when you can, you know, you can't ignore the impact of the internet on all this, right? Like you can have any belief under the sun essentially. And if you just Google that, you'll find, you know, a dozen links that will <laughs> confirm your bias and give you fuel to your fire. So, um, yeah, <laughs> on top of that, everybody's social media feed. I mean, last week we were just talking about algorithms. There's all algorithms under social media as well. Mm -hmm. And they will give you the news based off of what your belief is. So we are not all seeing the same news sources, the same articles. If you are extremely right wing, you are only seeing like Hillary Clinton needs to go to jail instead mm -hmm. of the pandemic is real or whatever it may be. And it drives me absolutely nuts because I mean, those of us in academia are, I mean, almost complicit because you, there's, I mean, there's paywalls on the New York Times. There's paywalls on many articles on like PubMed, but there's never any paywalls on like Breitbart. I mean, I've seen people talk about that online. Like the stuff that's appealing to the lowest common denominator is so accessible and it's so heavily shared. Um, so it's really hard to combat. And that's why like organizations like Facebook almost have like a responsibility to, to fight this stuff, you know? Yeah, that's a really great point. And I mean, even with this podcast, a lot of the articles we read and talk to you guys about, we wouldn't be able to read if you weren't a student. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you send me, you send me like half the articles we read every week because I don't have access without paying sometimes $80 for them. It's not even like it's cheap a lot of the times, especially for scientific research. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. And then even when, you know, you do read, some of these articles are just so esoteric in their language <laughs> uh, <laughs> how ironic <laughs> haha. um like sometimes the thing that is hard to read is not like it's not because you're not smart it's just because it's poorly written so <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. and I'm really hoping that with scientific writing we really start to see that adapt 
because I think maybe a hundred years ago, everybody did talk in really big words with important meanings and there was maybe more separation of class than maybe there is now. But if we can mm -hmm. shift scientific writing to where the average person understands it, it just opens up a whole bunch of possibilities for policy, for progress in general. And it, it really mm -hmm. needs to happen instead of having all this jargon written in every single article. Yep. I completely agree. But that's kind of why we're here, right? That's kind of our mission. So definitely. So that's cool. Hopefully we can do that. <laughs> well, I mean, let's just move straight into yeah, there's the hot another topic of today. <laughs> There's another really big, you know, issue that we need to talk about. And I want to give this like all the gravity and the weight it deserves. And that um, is birds are not real. Yep. They don't exist. They don't, they aren't real. And I'm kind of tired of lying about it. I'm, I'm tired of having to pretend like this isn't a real issue because it is. You're absolutely right. And for people that don't know, I mean, Kira, if you're okay with this, I'm just going to dive into the entire history mm -hmm. about when birds stopped existing. Right. Well, we already talked about the other shitty thing Reagan did in the 80s. So yeah, I'll let you, I'll let you tell the story. Yes. Okay. So there are two competing theories with this. And I'll start with the one on the official Birds Aren't Real website. And the theory is, is that their goal was to spy on the Soviets. And they figured the best way to do that would be with fake birds. Some of my favorite, one of my favorite quotes from reading through this uh, was about the CIA and from someone who is in the CIA. And it says, yeah, the higher ups were so annoyed that birds had been dropping fecal matter on their car windows that they vowed to wipe up, wipe out every single flying feathered creature in North America. <laughs> this is oh. followed by my absolutely, absolute favorite fact about this entire thing. Because the big question was, well, how did the CIA build billions of fake birds? And you know what they did? They went to clubs. They found people that wanted to do acid. You know, 60s, 70s, everyone's doing acid. Mm -hmm. It wasn't illegal yet. Then they gave them fake acid, took them to a separate location, and gave them headphones where they pay played like Pink Floyd or whatever. And they got them to build fake birds while doing so. And then these people would think that this was an acid trip. And so they'd be like, man, you know, 1968, I had the craziest trip of my life. Yeah, I swear to God, like the CIA took me and I like built these like drones and whatever else. It's the perfect plan. I guess my question is, how do you clock someone who looks like they wanna do acid? Do they look really cool? Definitely. I don't know, in the 60s, maybe they were wearing like some headbands, smoking pot mm -hmm. in the corner. Yes, yes, the weed. Yeah. Weed well, is that's a gateway drug, as everyone knows. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, and I just really get mad thinking about how many ta tax dollars were put to use in this program. I can't mm -hmm. imagine how expensive this all was. I mean, it must have cost the government millions, if not more. It not cannot more. be cheap. I mean, you gotta no. kill all those birds. That's a lot of birds. Mm -hmm. And so you can't sell them because you gotta hide the dead birds because exactly. it's a conspiracy theory. You know, I was just wondering, I didn't read anything about this. What did they do with all the dead bodies of the birds? 
we gotta we gotta solve that problem that's a that's a huge wait a second i'm seeing some holes in this (laughs) so weird i mean that goes right into the next part of my story which when which basically is when did people figure out that birds weren't real and this started in 1973 when an unnamed man showed up on a man named clark's doorstep to share everything he knew about how all the birds were killed off now this is how wait why didn't we know clark's name but we don't i'm sorry keep going clark didn't know the guy's name he never Mm. asked i guess in in this man's wisdom that he gave him um and okay i'm gonna say something i mean no offense to mormons but this is giving me joseph smith vibes of like i went to my backyard and found these plates and god told me to dig in my backyard and find these plates same vibe Mm -hmm. same vibe (laughs) okay so then Clark, or Clark, oh my God, Clark learned all of this from what they called the master. And they started hosting rallies. And the first rally was in DC in 1974, 1975. And apparently over 2000 people attended, but there's no evidence of this. And that's because the secret, secret service was told to find and erase all footage, all of it, so that no one would ever know that it existed. And I mean, cell phones didn't exist in 1974. So there is that. Mm -hmm. Very plausible. (laughs) These rallies went on for over 20 more years. Clark uh, disappeared in 1991 and was never seen again. He disappeared at a rally and was literally never heard from. So that's the majority of the history. There are some more fun facts (laughs) that I really, really enjoyed. So... Of course, we still have real birds in America because of migration patterns. Apparently, this is just a United States thing. It's not everywhere in the world that has fake birds. It's just us. So about 5 to 10% of birds are real. But the birds that are drones, while 95% of them are programmed to stay in the country, 5% of them are not. And apparently, they can fly to Mexico and other countries to pick up drugs which personally I think would have really helped Reagan in the eighties with his war on drugs thing. Mm-hmm. Just have the you'd think they would, you'd think they'd be picking up the drugs and removing them from the country. But that make, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but Reagan's whole thing was to introduce more drugs and then pretend. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> God, what a bummer. <laughs> uh, um, go ahead. <laughs> No, because you're going to talk about Trump. Go ahead. Yes, I am. So everyone knows Trump's whole goddamn campaign was build a wall. And this wall, it was not for immigrants. Do not be misconstrued. No, this was actually going to be encapsulated with thousands of microwave guns that can trick any bird into entering the United States and shoot it with harsh microwaves, which will destroy the bird's ability to fly and kill it in under a few hours. Wow. I wonder what that would smell like. Like, would it smell like cooking turkey? Because, like, microwaves, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> That's crazy. I think you're uh, probably right. Mm-hmm. And what, what really makes me so upset about this whole conspiracy theory is people try to, like, distract from the issue. Like, we, because we see media coverage about this, right? Like, I've seen people that have Birds Aren't Real merch, and everyone tries to say that, oh, it's actually some statement about, like, 
well, here's a here's a quote from the founder. Um, you the know, he recent, says the most recent yeah, guy who's in charge. Yeah, the most sorry, the most recent guy, um, Peter McIndoe. He says, um, if it were a parody movement, the point we might be trying to make is um, allowing people to cope with these types of presences in our society where you can come together and laugh about the absurdity of a post-true era because it's a horrifying thing. But he says, the thing is, we're not that though. Um, and, and everyone deep down can identify and relate to the fact that we are being surveilled. And I agree with that. That's very true. Like, yeah. I, I often feel like my FBI agent, the monitors, my phone is my best friend. Yeah, um, exactly. And he goes on to say, we are being surveilled and that, that surveillance is most likely coming from 12 billion birds simultaneously. So I just don't understand the hoops that you have to jump through <laughs> to, to think that it's, you know, that, that birds are real. So Exactly. I mean, have you seen pigeons? Most of them have red eyes. You know what color your camera turns when it's on? Red. Case closed. Case closed, <laughs> end of story. Okay, okay. But anyways... <laughs> I hope you I hope you've been finding this entertaining, but April Fools, birds are actually real. And this birds. was actually this was a an indictment of um, the fake news machine that that's got us all under its thumb. But birds are actually real, guys. Sorry. Birds are <laughs> actually real and they are actually disappearing. It's just not because of government surveillance and whatever else. And you know, before we end today, we just wanted to give you some quick facts about some actual issues going on, things to mm -hmm. care about, things like that. Mm -hmm. So since 1970, we have lost 30% of all the birds in North America, 3 billion birds, 3 billion, which is so, so many. So many. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's mostly due to climate change and also deforestation, um, which makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, all the things you would expect, um, especially deforestation in the Amazon. The Amazon houses 10% of all of the species in the world, which is crazy for just one place in the entire world. And it is actively being deforested. Is that a verb? It's a verb now. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the government. And 53% of all of the rainforest in Brazil is actually privately owned, which is very scary. It's a lot of conservation efforts that have to happen here and when we see the conservation efforts put in bird species are surviving mm -hmm. but currently that's not happening for a lot of bird species we're seeing a lot of grassland birds disappear they're down 53 percent of their population from i think this was from the 1970s due to housing and climate change and all of those things mm -hmm. shorebirds i mean we're seeing crazy hurricanes and storms and also building directly on those on beaches which of course cause a lot of problems like they do with turtles um, mm -hmm. and then we're seeing a lot of decline 30 29 percent to 33 percent depending on where and what kind of species but of forest birds forests alone have lost over 1 billion birds birds are disappearing it's just mm -hmm. unfortunately well no Fortunately, not due to the government murdering them and making them into surveillance drones. Mm -hmm. And it is, um, I do wish that this organization could maybe contribute to like the conservation efforts made by like, maybe like the Audubon Society, I guess maybe there's some federal entity that like supports bird conservation. I'm not really sure about that. 
There definitely is one. It's part of DO, uh, Department of Interior. I don't know exactly mm -hmm. what the subsection is, but mm -hmm. there is one. Yeah. Uh, www.birdsaren'treal.com. Go harass them and tell them support aviation societies. Right. Because they are probably making bank off of those <laughs> birds work for the bourgeoisie shirts. Like, geez. <laughs> and also, I mean, Daddy Jeff Bezos, like, literally, his name is, like, it's the, it's Amazon. I think um, maybe he declared that he would like invest a certain amount of billions of dollars in the Amazon, but I, I can't imagine that all that can be done is being done. So it'd be cool if like these companies were actually investing more back in the environment. Yeah, I did see something about two years ago, exactly what you're talking about, that he said he was starting some sort of conservation, something or other, but. Mm -hmm. The news cycle moved on. I've like never heard anything about that since. So I'll have to look it up after this. <laughs> yeah. But glad we could bring your attention to bird conservation on this <laughs> April Fool's Day. Uh, thanks for your patience with us as we had some fun. Yes. Let us know what your favorite conspiracy theory is in the comments of our Instagram. I would love to hear more. I feel like I'm pretty mm -hmm. limited in my knowledge of conspiracy theories. So. <laughs> thanks so much for listening, guys. And our Instagram is at the Peerless Review. And our Twitter is at the peerless review underscore, correct? Peerless review underscore. There's weirdly character limits on Twitter. So annoying. <laughs> annoying. And I am at freckles, etc. Freckles ETC. And you are at? I am at B-R-I-E-N-N-A dot K-A. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week. <laughs>